0: Hello. And thank you. There's nowhere to hide your notes up here, I see. I just wish there was my little reminders. Uh, I wish I had a funny story to tell you, but I don't have one. If there were, you know, the two masks of drama, one's the laughy face and one's the other one. My story's much more the other one. Um, I've only spoken to her about three times and briefly. And the last time, was 40 years ago, but she's been in my head quite a lot this past 10 months. So it's the 1970s, Northern Ireland, and my little narrow town up about six Protestant streets and six Catholic streets, and you watch where you go. And um, my girlfriend and I are walking about the streets, and so long ago is this that she's still at grammar school. And we meet a school friend of hers, whom um, I'll call Sheila. and. Uh, We talk. I've seen Sheila around, but never spoken to her. Just seen her passing in a car or something. Never spoken to her. This is the first of the three times we talk. And uh, Sheila's friendly and she says, why don't you come up to our house tonight? It'll just be my father or or rather uh, my boyfriend and my sister we will eat and talk. So I say, yeah, we'll do that. But then we separate. And as we walk around our six little narrow streets, I think, uh, I'm not that sociable. I don't really know this person. And when we meet her again, as you would do if there's only about half a dozen streets, I say, um, got too much to do, not as much time as we thought we had. Uh, I get us out of it. And we go off and we spend the evening doing whatever sort of pointless, ordinary things we do. And uh, next morning on the BBC Radio, I hear that Cormac, Sheila's father, a school headmaster and a captain in the Ulster Defence Regiment, which is a part of the British Army, is missing. Um, he had got up from the table in the hotel to go to the toilet and hadn't come back. And Sheila's mother had got up at some point to go and try and find him and had been told there had been a scuffle and nobody knew what it was about. He had been abducted by IRA. This is why I'm saying it's more this mask, and it is the funny mask. And um, two days later, his body is found in a field. He's been shot in the head. He's been tortured. Um, And then after that, the pictures start to be on television and in papers. I see this man stretched out in a field, his face turned away from the camera. Legs twisted, I see the mud on his trousers. I don't see Sheila again after that, not for several years. And then one day on those narrow streets again, I meet her. This is the second time, this is the third and last time, rather, we talk. And um, (sighs) she's been to Aberdeen, she's studying law, and we separate again. And that's the end of our beginnings. So jump forward 40 years. My wife and I are going to go to New Zealand for a long trip. And uh, for the first time in many, many years, I start to look up some of the people we might have known in Northern Ireland. And lo and behold, there's Sheila. She's a barrister. She's living in Auckland. So we fly out. We tour around North and South Island. And we're back in Auckland, and it's time to go home. And we're sitting having a coffee in a coffee shop, I remember. And I quietly, surreptitiously almost send Sheila a message. Now, I've sent people I don't know on Facebook messages before. And sometimes, you usually never hear from them. Or it takes three months or something. But in this case, it's about three or four minutes. And there's Sheila back. And she said, oh, great. Uh, Come up to the house. It'll just be my husband and my daughter. We'll eat, talk. I say, great, but as we walk down the street afterwards, I start to think, it's been a long time. Don't really know this person. Uh, And I message her again and say, "Um, not as much time as I thought. Things to do. I get us out of it. And we go off and we do the pointless, mindless, touristy things we do. And I regret it. Even as we're doing them, I regret this. So we fly home and sometime in the it's been about 10 months ago sometime in the 10 months since i messaged sheila again and she tells me a little bit about her life uh taking law moving to new zealand uh, marrying an older man two stepsons her daughter the dogs the house the other house in an island in the bay i look her up on facebook there's photographs of nice meals Uh, arty arty events she's gone to. She clearly has a good life and I really want Sheila to have a good life. I want her to be put a layer upon layer of good memories on top of those monstrous memories. But I'm intrigued as well about, I'm intrigued about why I'm intrigued as well. Because there were other bodies and fields. There were other people, people I knew, people I'd been to school with ended up in, in ditches and blowing up and shot. And I also knew some people for years who also tried to do that on others. So I, I can't remember what I was going to say next. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, want, I want this good life for Sheila anyway. And, and uh, another thing, this would be the point to say that, that I wish I had a nice conclusion to give you here, something to round this up with. So if you mentioned the story in the bar afterwards, you'd be saying, oh, his was the story about that thing, that nice tidy theme. I don't have one. And it's not because I've forgotten it. I never had one. <laughs> uh, but, um, but here's one. Here's a conclusion. And it might even be true. Let's see. Um, Normal is what you're used to. It's what you're used to having around you. And uh, my tie with Sheila is that we once shared a peculiar normal, a a bitter, bigoted, violent normal. And somehow or other, over the years, Sheila and our past has become, for me, the epitome of that time. That to get closer to Sheila again would be to, in a sense, re-enter 1970s Northern Ireland. All the things we share, we share an accent, we share memories of the streets, memories of people, memories of incidents, things in the news. And that would be what I would (coughs) see and experience. Never mind the nice meals and the arty events and and, and the nice house and the island and the bay. Instead, I would see Dungannon, Scotch Street, Saturday afternoon, and a kind, clever 16-year-old woman with everything ahead of her, and no reason to think it all wouldn't be good, and all about to collapse with this monstrous cruelty. And that's all I want to say, thank you. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writer Centre Norwich.